Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of stately Maine Manor, this is the Couple Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. And folks, I've been reduced to making bidet talk with the post office guy. My wife sold a duvet cover last week and we had to ship it out and it was in a large box. And he says, I didn't know that they sold toilets too. Oh no, that's a bidet, not a duvet. And we just went on from there. I told him that my in-laws actually have a bidet. And it turns out that his in-laws actually have a bidet. So, well, we can talk about bidets all day or we can get right down to it. Today, we continue Project 45 and land in one of my favorite years of 1993 as we look at an episode of WCW Saturday Night from May 15th, 1993. In 1993, I was 15 and finally, finally going through puberty. Like I said, it was one of my favorite years in wrestling despite it being viewed as a down year for the sport. This episode of WCW Saturday Night was shown on May 15th, 1993 from center stage in Atlanta, Georgia. Intro of some of what we're going to see. Tony Schiavone welcomes us to Saturday night. He and Larry Zabisco are our announcers for the evening as we see Max Payne come out playing a guitar. Then we get Max Payne versus you don't know because they don't give his opponent's name. Payne with a series of forearms and a corner whip and a back elbow. Payne with a double axe handle. Pain with the Irish whip and a power slam. Pain with the painkiller armbar to win by submission. Tony Giovanni interviews Davy Boy Smith. One week away from his match with Vader, he says on his mind are Joe Thurman, Ron Simmons, Sting, and Cactus Jack. All those men have been hurt by the same man, Big Van Vader. He says he's coming for Big Van Vader, and he's going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. Tony and Larry talk about Rick Rude leaving with the U.S. title. They show the end of the Dustin Rhodes-Rick Rude match from Worldwide and the controversial ending where both men's shoulders come up. Keith and Kent Cole versus the Blackhearts. The Blackhearts are David Heath, the future Gangrel, and Tom Nash. Keith double Irish whip, but ducks a double clothesline attempt and comes back to double clothesline the Blackhearts. Blackhearts go outside to regroup, As a whoop, there it is chant goes out from the crowd. 1993 in a nutshell. One of the Blackhearts in against Keith, who reverses an Irish whip and hits an elbow. Blackheart rolls back outside. The other Blackheart gets in the ring and the Coles complain, but there really is no way to tell. Keith gets the Blackheart down with the hammer lock and switches with Kent while the referee isn't looking. The other Blackheart complains and Keith Cole back in behind the referee's back. Keith with a one count and an arm drag to a black heart into an arm bar. 
Kent tagged in as the Blackhearts get back to his feet. Kent and Keith with a double Irish whip and shoulder block. Gets a one count. Kent with an arm drag. Referee getting Keith out of the ring allows the other Blackheart to come in and drop kick Kent. The legal Blackheart with shots and chops. He drives Kent down with the back of his leg. Blackheart with an elbow drop to Kent. The other Blackheart in and they double Irish whip and shoulder block Kent. Blackhearts tag again and drive Kent back first into their corner. Blackheart with an Irish whip and Kent ducks the clothesline attempt and comes back with one of his own. Keith tagged back in and he knocks the Blackheart down with several left hands. Keith scoop slams the Blackheart and then scoop slams the other Blackheart when he comes in. All four men in the ring now. One of the Blackhearts throws Kent outside over the top rope and gets disqualified. The Blackhearts then double Irish whip and shoulder block Keith. They attempt to hit Keith from the top rope, but Kent comes in and breaks it up and the Blackhearts bail. Slamboree 93 Control Center with Eric Bischoff. Sting vs. Scott Norton is announced, but doesn't end up happening. Other matches are then run down. Gordon Soley is then brought on to talk about some of the legends appearing. Van Hammer vs. Unknown. Again, we don't get the opponent's name. He attacks Hammer when he tries to get in the ring. He hits Hammer with several right hands. Hammer reverses an Irish whip and backdrops the opponent. Colonel Rob Parker is shown bringing a stretcher to ringside. Hammer with an Irish whip and a clothesline. Hammer with a knee lift as Parker starts to watch the match. Hammer with a front face lock and a slingshot suplex and gets the pin. Tony Giovanni goes to interview Parker, but Hammer grabs the mic before he can and tells Parker he doesn't like him bringing the stretcher out and making light of what happened to Cactus Jack. Hammer says it shows bad taste. Parker says Hammer is confused about him. The stretcher isn't for Cactus Jack. It's for him. Hammer says he told him last week that if he didn't get out of his face, he would be the one riding the stretcher out. Hammer then leaves. Parker says after their altercation last week, he went back to his hotel and he had his normal mint julep that usually calms him down. But this time, it didn't work. It didn't help him at all. So we called Elvis and Elvis told him, Colonel, maybe what you're looking for is not there. Elvis said when he couldn't find what he was looking for, he went home. So that's exactly what Parker did. He went home to Memphis and it was like a lightning bolt struck him in his forehead. It was like a king. It was like a Greek god. It was like no human being he had ever seen in his entire life. He's going to bring this individual to WCW. He's going to appear here with the greatest star of all. He then tells Tony, good day. Thunderbolt Patterson talks about Slamboree next weekend. He tells everybody to come and call somebody. A Flair for the Gold with Ric Flair. Flair comes out to a big ovation. Fifi gives him a drink. Arn Anderson is also there at the bar. Flair says we are one week out from Slamboree. Missy Hyatt comes in yelling at Flair. She screams that he left her on the side of the road. Flair says he didn't know she got out of the limo. Anderson says they are aware of her many talents. Hyatt tells Anderson not even on his best day could he be a 60-minute man. Hyatt tells Flair to tell Fifi if she wants to look good in that outfit, she needs to see a doctor. She then throws her shoes at them and leaves. Flair then brings on the Hollywood Blondes. Flair is very complimentary towards both as they sit down. Flair says they have the straps now and they are on top. Austin says it feels good to be on top. But before they get started, 
He just wants to say that he and Brian Pillman have been on sets everywhere and the flair for the goal set is top notch. It's the best they've seen. Austin then says, you've done well for yourself, old man. Flair says, old man? Pillman says it feels a little stuffy to him like he's in a museum. Austin points to Anderson and says, how much did you pay for that statue over there? He asks Flair for his autograph, saying it's not for him. His grandmother is a big fan. Flair says, we all grow old, but very few grow great. Austin says, speaking of old, he was looking at the history books and saw that Flair and Anderson were part of some group called the Four Clovers or the Four Horsebacks. And Flair says it was the Four Horsemen and holds up the sign. Pillman says, you mean the famous backfield from Notre Dame? And Anderson is shown getting very upset. Flair says they did the same thing for wrestling as they did for Notre Dame. They blazed their own path. They dominated. Austin agrees that they dominated, but that was yesteryear. That's all in the past. He says if they were around today, the four horsemen wouldn't stand a chance. The Hollywood Blondes are the team of the 90s. Flair says, look, I didn't bring you out here to run you down or anything else. He wants to talk about Slamboree 93. They've got Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas in a steel cage. Pillman says they've already given Steamboat and Douglas a brush with greatness. He says let's not lose sight of why they're having Slamboree. Thanks to the generosity of Steve Austin and himself, they're flying in all of these has-been, washed-up old-timers, these so-called legends who have fallen on hard times. They're going to bring a nice home-cooked meal to them, and he wants to believe that Anderson might be first in line at the buffet because obviously he hasn't missed too many meals lately. And Anderson says, that's it. Flair calms things down by saying, let's just let things go tonight. They've got a hot show here. Flair tells the Hollywood Blondes to remember that they are guests on his show. And Pillman says, no, they are the stars. Anderson says they are out of line and out of their league on this deal. Flair says, forget it. Just sit down. We'll forget this whole thing ever happened. Austin says... They will be there too. After the meal, Anderson and Flair can get together with the rest of the old codgers and play checkers. Maybe soak their dentures. Flair says maybe we should talk about this more seriously as he takes his jacket off and Anderson rolls up his sleeves. Austin asks Flair if he's going to break out the wool trunks or the pterodactyl robe and get back in the ring or can he cut the mustard anymore. Flair says maybe he should break that stuff out right now and show Austin how he can cut the mustard. They say Flair needs Geritol and he loses it. Tell them it's his show and he's nine times world champion. They leave. Anderson tells Fifi to calm him down and she sits Flair down and calms him. After the commercial break, Tony Schiavone talks to the Hollywood Blondes. Steve Austin says the Flair for the gold is old news and they brush Ric Flair and Arnold Anderson with greatness just like they said they would. Austin says as far as he's concerned, it's a flair for the old. Brian Pillman says everybody saw that the blondes were violated. WCW has allowed Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas to make a complete fiasco out of their tournament. They tried to provide an opportunity, but no, Ricky Steamboat has to perpetrate a second-rate grade school prank and come out masquerading like two Mexico river rats high on tequila as we have reached the insensitive portion of our program. Pillman says it's over. No more matches for Dos Hombres. Shivani says WCW has signed a return match for tomorrow night on the main event. And Pillman says no way Shivani. Shivani says yes they have. Pillman says the blondes will not be crucified anymore. 
WCW can talk to their attorneys because they won't be crucified anymore. Bobby Eaton versus Arn Anderson. Former tag team champions wrestling each other. Eaton slaps Anderson to begin. They lock up in the corner. Anderson with a side headlock. Eaton with knees to the back of Anderson's legs to break the hold. Eaton with a side headlock. Anderson pushes Eaton down to break the hold. Anderson then stomps Eaton. Anderson then runs Eaton face first on the top rope. Anderson with a side headlock. Eaton pushes off and a back elbow to Anderson. Eaton goes to drop an elbow on Anderson, who moves. Anderson rolls to the outside to regroup. Eaton goes to grab Anderson by the hair to bring him in, and Anderson hits Eaton with his shot. Anderson gets up on the apron and runs his shoulder into Eaton. He goes to do it again, and Eaton catches him with a knee to the head. Eaton stomps his boot on Anderson up against the ropes for a four count. Eaton goes to run Anderson into the turnbuckle, but Anderson blocks it and runs Eaton in instead. Anderson goes up top. Eaton catches him with a shot. Anderson comes back with an eye rake. Anderson comes down and puts Eaton in a sleeper. Eaton drives Anderson back into the turnbuckle to break the move. Eaton with a back elbow. Eaton with a shot to knock Anderson down. Eaton drops an elbow on Anderson's leg. He drags Anderson over to the apron and slams the leg down on the apron. He then does it again. Eaton comes back in and clips the knee to knock Anderson back down. Eaton with a leg lock. Anderson with a face rake to get out of the move. Eaton with the right hand and Anderson rolls to the outside. Eaton comes out after Anderson and Anderson back drops him on the concrete. Anderson goes to scoop slam Eaton on the outside, but his leg gives out and he falls down. Eaton throws Anderson into the ring. Eaton with a shot and a kick to the face. Anderson spins Eaton around and hits a DDT. Anderson then catapults Eaton into the bottom rope. Anderson with a corner whip but Eaton hits a back elbow when Anderson tries to charge. Eaton comes out of the corner, and Anderson catches him with a spinebuster for the win. Tony Schiavone interviews NWA champion Barry Windham, who drives a Harley into the arena. Windham says to Schiavone, I know you want to talk about Ric Flair. Let's hear what you have to say. Schiavone says he was going to talk about the return of Ric Flair. Windham says Flair has had his chance. He's had his run as NWA champion. He has been in the lights for his time. Now it's Barry Windham's time. Anderson seems to think he's going to step in and take the NWA championship away from Barry Windham. He says Flair wants to start the Horsemen all over again, but the Horsemen are a thing of the past, and they don't stand for anything that he stands for anymore. The only things he cares about anymore are the NWA championship, himself, and his motorcycle. He says Arn Anderson, remember on the 23rd, when you step into the ring, remember this. It's your first time to step up to the altar. This time you're not going to make it through. He's the NWA champion, but he's going to leave you standing because his old man told him, Barry, they're all pinned up, but you get to run free. He says he's a lone wolf. He's not a four horseman anymore. He leaves as they sign off from center stage. Final thoughts. This was a nice, comfortable show setting up for Slamboree. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Joey Harris. If you like the show, please leave a review on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. It helps people to find the show. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey saying so long from Stately, Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 